and welcome in to another episode of the Hodges Huddle, powered by KLSU and the Reveille. I'm your host, Sean Larkin, joined alongside Miles Cuss, and we have a special guest, Hunt Palmer from the LSU Sports Radio Network, will join us. We're going to be talking a little LSU baseball. Hunt, how's it going today? Going good. How are you boys? Doing all right. Um, this is a really exciting time around this program. It always is. When the Tigers return to Alec Box Stadium for a new baseball season, um, it's exciting. Everybody goes out. It's going to be on Valentine's Day this year. Um, mm, I guess I'll have to clear my schedule then, Sean. Yeah, I'm um, just saying if you don't have any Valentine's Day plans, that'll be a, be a good place to be tomorrow night. Um, like I said, they kick off uh, season tomorrow night. Indiana Hoosiers coming into town. Uh, before we look a little preview into this season, we're going to you know, take a step back. Last year, 40-26, and 26, uh, 17-13 in the conference, uh, third in the SEC West Pine, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. Uh, the SEC tournament was a memorable one for them, although they bowed out, which usually Hoover is the LSU uh, Invitational. They usually win this thing every year. Last year they lost uh, in the semis to the eventual NCAA champion Vandy. We all remember the marathon Mississippi State game. They had the Auburn game that was nuts with the walk-off on the throwing the ball around, and then uh, they came back to beat Mississippi State later. Um Baton Rouge Regional went through that, scored a million runs against Stony Brook. Southern Miss beat them twice. And then got to the Super Regional, which we thought they were going to go to Georgia. And then Georgia gets upset by Florida State. Um, and then Florida State comes here and wins two games. LSU goes home, uh, is eliminated. Game one, six to four. And then uh, the extra inning, game two, they lose five to four. Um, last year, Hunt, the for me, I know the expectation around this program every year is Omaha or bust. Um, at the beginning of the year, that was my expectation. I thought this team should be in Omaha. If not, it would be a disappointment. Was that your initial um, expectations at the beginning of the year? I think so. I mean, you you didn't know much about the pitching rotation, and that is a huge question mark when, when you don't know what you're doing in the starting rotation. It's difficult to forecast that, but LSU is – playing with a stack deck here I mean this is a program that can recruit as well as any program in the country because of the interest in the facilities and the money that they put into it and the tradition and so yeah you should have enough talent to get there Um, that's always the expectation so I think I felt that way even though it probably wasn't realistic then you got a huge break and got to play that super at home and you didn't and the team you played wasn't very good Florida State wasn't a good team last year but LSU just came up just short. They didn't play very well no. in the Super Regional game. They got thrown out on the bases a couple times. They walked too many guys and then obviously got beat um, on a walk-off single. Devin Fontenot pitched his heart out yep. in that game. It was unbelievable, um, but just didn't quite have enough. And LSU's offense kind of ran dry there and, and wasn't able to get enough runs for him. And, and you end up going home. So it's always disappointing when, when you don't win. But I think that the, the expectation is always Omaha when you come around in February. Yeah, and I, I think that's uh, that's true. But, you know, I think you may have said this last season sometimes. Uh, you get into the season and the expectations change because you start to see things that happen like injuries or, you know. The, <laughs> Seen like, enough of those for the last two years. Yeah, I mean, they were so banged up. And, and you know, it's like, okay, it would be good if this team hosts, hosts a, you know, a regional. And that's that was kind of the thing. It's like you just want to host a regional and then whatever happens after that. And then Florida State goes on and upsets Georgia and you're like, Okay, this we got this thing. We're you know I always felt that last year. Like uh, I was talking with Hunt before that like we were going to play Indiana our first series, and I was a little scared. But last year I felt like even if we were to won that second game with Fano pitching his heart out, I'm like then we're going to win the next one. I always felt like we had a little bit of expectation going into every game, and this year I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm a little I'm a little skeptical going into the first weekend, and I mean 
like you were saying, the injuries, you've seen enough of those. And obviously, everybody stays healthy. We'll get to it later about Jaden Hill and all these other pitchers coming out the pin. But, like, as opposed to last year, I really don't know how to feel. Last year, I thought this was a super regional College World Series team. I don't know. I've been going to go in all the practices. Beloso looks great in the cage, but I don't know. Well, I guess the first yeah, series it, will tell the tale. We'll um, it was, I think, it kind of ended in disappointment, given the fact that you did have a super at home against a lesser team. But for the two games they were there, Florida State was the better team. LSU didn't play. It was arguably their two worst games of the year. Uh, just just little simple baseball things uh, got them beat uh, that weekend. Yeah, and also, it doesn't help when Cole Henry goes out there and, in the Super and tries to pitch and yeah. has to come out after yeah. after three innings because he, his arm hurts. And yeah. That's, and, that and was just, it's been the story for two years. And you mentioned Devin Fontenot. That, uh, one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen. Um, well, he, he had a no-hitter through six, right? Or, like, it was out of the pen, but yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, he that, came he, in and he had, just let He no-hit him for yeah. – and, and you kept thinking, okay, they're not going to let him keep going back out there. But at some point you're just like, well, you got to run him out there. This guy's this guy's gassed up. He's ready to go. Yeah, he, uh, he was he, – he never lost anything. I mean, the fastball was still sitting at 91, and, and he was striking guys out and, and up until the very end. And yep. He just gave up a hit to a good hitter. And, you know, the, we'll mention this because this is going to be a factor. Um, you know, I think he had thrown one into the dirt allowed a guy to advance um and then you know the little base hit was just over the second baseman's head you know it wasn't a it wasn't getting rocked or anything it was it just was a two know. strike pitch correct? yeah it was, it was a two, two strike pitch yep. you got two strikes on the guy just didn't uh, yep. didn't bury the slider left it up um but again gutsy performance um and then the season ended in disappointment um they lose a few guys some big some big names yeah. uh on this list uh josh smith antoine duplantis zach watson i mean i think you talked about the pitching. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be the focus, uh, focal point of this team. Uh, the offense is my question mark, and we're gonna, um, we'll just go ahead and get into it. Uh, this year, the team's going to look a little different. Um, we can start. We'll talk. We'll talk pitching first because this is, I think, what's going to carry this team. Hunt uh, the starters. Um, Maneri's he set the weekend rotation. Uh, Cole Henry's going to go tomorrow night, and uh, Landon Marceau on Saturday, and then AJ Labus on Sunday. Uh, you talked about Cole Henry earlier. What do you expect out of him uh, this year and, and tomorrow night? He's got a, a, a lot of potential. I mean, it's no secret, and it's not anything new, but the SEC's got a ton of stud aces. I mean, if you look around the conference, there are names that even the casual college baseball fan will remember. I mean, Kumar Rocker, what he did at Vanderbilt in the College World Series yep. last year was was legendary. He's unbelievable. Everybody around here remembers Asa Lacey from Texas A&M. He's left-handed and throws 97 miles an hour. Emerson Hancock over at Georgia can touch 100 on Friday nights. Doug McKaysey at, at Ole Miss is phenomenal. Had a great freshman year last year. Tanner Burns at Auburn is great. Great. Tommy Mace at Florida. I mean, the, the the arms on Friday nights in this league are elite, and they're 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 low scoring games on Fridays. And Cole Henry has the ability to match those guys. He's healthy. He's throwing hard. Um, he's up to you know 95 miles an hour. He'll pitch around 92, 93, uh, and he's got a really good breaking ball. He's just got to stay healthy. We saw what he could do last year mm-hmm. against Georgia. He goes into the eighth inning, gives up just two runs. Florida, he had 13 strikeouts in five and a third. Um, he's got the ability to be a big game guy. It's just time for him to show up and do it and stay healthy, and I feel I feel good about him on the top of the rotation. Yeah, that list of Friday night guys you just named is the reason I have you in here because <laughs> <laughs> that was solid. Um, same with you. You think Cole Henry's if he stays healthy? Because uh, I've seen if he's healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in the conference. The only question mark I have is him staying healthy. I think his breaking ball might be the best in the SEC. Like you said, he can't touch 100, and he's probably going to stay in that 92-93, but, I mean, he's shown you that that doesn't matter. His curveball is that good. Um and, and he can move either side of the plate. It doesn't matter. He's not scared of anyone. The only thing I'm scared of is his arm. If if he can stay there and pitch, you know, uh, you know, get 75 pitches that first start on Friday, 
um, that I think we're off to a really good start, especially coming, you know, Marceau. And I think Labus is going to end up being the second pitcher as the year goes on. But leading into those guys, get that win on Friday night, that leaves a lot less stress going into the weekend. So. Yeah, and, then, and we'll talk about the weekend. Uh, Landon Marceau, I think I remember correctly, you were, Hunt, you were really excited about Landon Marceau last year. I watched him in the fall, and they couldn't hit him. I mean, mm-hmm. he every time out. And we know that he turned down a ton of money to come here. He was a legitimate second-round type guy uh, out of high school. And the fastball is, is explosive. It's up to 93. He's got a really good 12-6 to curveball. He can throw a change up. The command was always really good. And he just – didn't quite have it early in the season uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Texas knocked him around. He lost his spot in the rotation. Tried to ease him into the week, uh, midweek a little bit. But over his last five starts, his ERA was under two um, last year down the stretch. So there, he can be really good, and he was great again in the fall this year. So I've, I've got high hopes for Landon Marceau. So I think he's got every tool you want to be a really good pitcher in this league, and I think the number two spot's a really good spot for him. You think um... – the, the youth of Henry and Marceau, you think that had a little bit to do with with them, those guys? Oh, with with Marceau for sure last year. Do you think just, you know, being a freshman at, at this big-time program maybe had a little bit to do with that? Well, it's a totally different game. I mean, high school, you can just right back and throw it by everybody. I mean, you throw 93 miles an hour in high school, nobody can hit it. It's just the way it is. And here you gotta you got to hit your spots. If you don't, they'll put it in the bleachers. So I, I think there's something to that. Um, but he's obviously made a lot of changes in the way that he's he's eating and exercising, and he's, he's totally transformed his body from last year where he said he was kind of out of shape a little bit. And so you know, we'll expect to see a new guy coming yeah. up on Saturday. Um, I think I read earlier he said 15 pounds. Yeah. Um, so that's whatever he's doing. I need to get on that. Uh, and I heard – I mean, Maneri was saying that he's finally using that changeup like on the first pitch, actually using it as, you know, three, two counts. And he said that was the biggest thing this fall. Um, and that's why he has him in the two holes starting out the year is that – the dude, like, it's not just fastball curveball anymore. It's that third pitch that is really getting people out. So, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe he stays at the two. Because um, especially if he's – you said 93. If he's up to 93, I didn't know he was up that high. So, that would be really good for us. And then uh, the Sunday guy is A.J. Labus. You said you expect him to Lo- be – Love Labus. I mean, out of fall, like uh, Maneri said, maybe the MVP of the fall, left-hander, finally a left-handed pitcher that mm-hmm. seems he can stay. Oh, he's yeah, right. He's right-handed. Oh, what? No. Yeah. We have two, we'd have two lefties. Jacob Hastings and, and Jacob Cameron are left-handed. Well, then, never mind. Right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Labus is right. right-handed. Um, and, and he said coming out that he might – it was a battle with, like, coming out. Obviously, Maneri made the decision. Um, and I think it will still be a battle um, going down there. Um Staying for that. Hunt on the injury thing. Um, he was he was injured. Do you think LSU's done a lot to try to focus on this this pitching recovery thing? Do you think that's we're going to see some at least results from that? Because well, it's crazy how many guys have just been. It's banged. been really frustrating. Uh, and in a sport with eleven point seven scholarships, yep. when you get guys hurt, they just you can't recover. It's it's not an excuse. It's just the facts of the matter. Yep. You just you just can't. And so they've they're all healthy now. Eric Walker's healthy, A.J. Labus is healthy, Jaden Hill's healthy, Nick Storrs is healthy, Cole Henry's healthy. Everybody's healthy right now. Um, and so I hope so. They have put a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. If you go out and watch them in the fall, uh, they've been wearing those, those sleeves that things, are yeah. measuring you know, the, the amount of strain on the elbow and on the arm. And if the guys need an extra day off here or there, they get an extra day off here or there. They're, they're making an effort to curtail these injuries, and, and hopefully it works. I mean, right now, the, the proof would say that it is working because they've gone through a fall and a spring, and everybody feels good. Yep, that's, uh, I hope so because, I mean, it is fresh. Like you said, it's just it gets to the point where it's aggravating. You're like, when does it stop? Uh, getting into the midweek, uh, Eric Walker, if, if he's your midweek guy, you're, you're sitting pretty, pretty good. Um, I thought last year coming back, I thought he had a little bit disappointing year. Um, but I was surprised when I looked. He led the team in innings pitched. Um, he was a guy 
there were a lot of balls left the yard last year against him. Um, you know, we remember 2017, this guy was lights out. You know, he didn't throw very hard, but he threw strikes, paint the corners. Um, him and uh, Jaden Hill are going to be the two guys, you know, it's supposedly in the midweek. Um, what do you think about Eric Walker? Do you think if he's pitching well, he may work his way into the weekend? Because I'm looking for a big jump in th- from this year to last uh, with another year of health. We'll or... see. Um, he was so good as a freshman. Everybody yep. knows that. Uh, the arm injury was so unfortunate up there in Omaha. Uh, last year, the RA was pushing six. Yes, yeah, you know, five, four, seven. You've got to be so good when you throw 86 miles an hour. You've got to put it on the corner. You've got to keep the ball down. You've got to get ground balls. And you got to hope that sometimes they hit it at somebody, which yeah. is, you know – so every time I, when I've gone out and watched Eric in the fall and again in the spring, he's gotten hit around a little bit. So I think right now, pretty clearly, he's a midweek guy. And I'm I would be great if he went out every midweek and gave you five good mm-hmm. innings. And then you got you got to get the bullpen guys some work in the so it doesn't you know you don't need a starter going eight innings every midweek game. You got to get the guys back out on the field. So if he could go out in the midweek and give you five good innings, so that if you get in a regional situation where you've got to play extra games, you've got him to lean on. I think that's a good thing. But right now, I think that the other three guys that are, that are in the starting rotation have a leg up on him they've all got better stuff than him mm-hmm. and I tend to think that those three guys are going to stick in the in the weekend rotation but we'll see um he's yeah he's not a bad guy to have like I no. said I mean this is a dude that I think if he's healthy you know 2017 could have been different you know going to the championship series um Jaden Hill is another guy that I think I was at he, he pitched in two games last year I think I was at his first start was at Air Force mm-hmm. last year um uh, that was a guy that a lot of people were excited about um what do you what do you see his plans are in this loaded uh, pitching rotation? They are going in the early going with him because he's coming off that that arm injury. They're going to schedule him to pitch, and he's going to pitch that time frame. If they're up ten, if they're down ten, if it's tied, he's pitching because they're not going to get him up loose and so then sit no him down. So there's no situation. No, it's it, so Jaden Hill on Saturday this week is pitching the eighth and ninth inning. That may be five a five four game that LSU's got the lead and he's got to finish it. It may be sixteen to one. He's pitching the eighth and the ninth, and so that he's a guy that they're going to take very carefully. But he is maybe the most talented pitcher on the staff. I mean, he can touch ninety seven miles an hour. The slider is wipeout, um, and he feels really good right now. So I I think that the potential of some of these guys that are going to be in the bullpen, which which is where Hill's going to start. Is, is scary because you've got guys that you know about like Beck and Vittmeyer and Mikhail Hilliard. You know what those guys have. But then you've got the potential of guys like Jaden Hill and Nick Storrs, who's 6'6", 260. Um, that's, the bullpen could be pretty potent. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, Mikhail Hilliard, I, mean, I just remember last year the game against Mississippi State just throwing a million curveballs into the dirt and just, just throwing curveballs. Yeah. Devin Fontenot, we talked about him. This this bullpen's gonna should be great. Um, you're loaded with a lot of depth. Um, Nick Stores, just we're finally gonna get to see him. Uh, yeah, how excited are you? First time in a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, I'm pumped. He's uh, he throws hard, a good breaking ball. He's had some gaudy strikeout numbers in some of the scrimmages. Uh, you know, that's another guy that they're going to treat with kid gloves a little bit just because of the arm injuries that he's had in his recent past. He's one of the ones that was hurt when he got here. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the case with some people. Labus was hurt when he got here a couple of years ago and ended up having to, having to have surgery. I mean, it's just that's sometimes in high school they, they, they strain themselves a little bit more than they should. So they're going to they're gonna be careful with stores. But right now he feels good and absolutely can help. Yeah, I'm excited because like, we've heard about it. And he, I'm hoping he's like the Thad Moss of, of baseball. You know, you just hear, and then there was a point where I didn't think Thad Moss existed until I saw him, and I was like, okay, he's here. So I can't wait to watch that guy. Um, as Miles referenced earlier, s- saying uh, we had a lefty 
we that wasn't a lefty, but we have lefties now. We have, we have two. two of them. Um, we didn't have any last year, and I thought that was ridiculous, especially a program like LSU. How do you not have a left-hander? Uh, can you tell us about the two lefties we have, what they're going to bring to this table, and, and how much are they going to factor in? So Brandon Kaminer is a junior college transfer from uh, Stoneman Douglas out in – he went to high school at Stoneman Douglas uh, in Florida, uh, which is where Sean Achinko went, it's where Anthony Rizzo went. Um, he's uh, – Probably 88 with the fastball. Um, throws a lot of strikes. I think last year, I believe I saw in Juco, he pitched like 69 innings and had nice. like nine walks. Uh, so I like that. <laughs> you got a left-handed guy that can that can throw strikes, I'll take it. Um, Hasty's a freshman from Texas. A little bit more upside with him. He can get, get back and get you 92 miles an hour from time to time. I don't think he'll pitch there. I think he'll pitch more closer to 90. But the breaking ball is wicked. With him, it's got to be – He's got to throw strikes. He'll get command issues from time to time from the left side there. But I think both of those guys are expected to help. And it's like you said, not having any lefties last year. Nick Bush left probably a year early, and you didn't have him there. Um, and they had some lefties on the team the year before that, but not really impact guys. Brandon Nowak and guys that you, you knew weren't really going to help. These two guys, I think, will help uh, in the bullpen. And like you said, the bullpen is just its absolutely loaded. The pitching's got to carry this team, and they've got enough dudes to do it. Yep. Uh, like I said, the, the, the off um, pitching is what I think is going to be a strength. You think as a whole, where do they rank in the SEC? I think they're near the top may be the top as far as just depth from top to bottom. Yeah, I can't tell you I can go name 13 pitchers on every team, but I, I think in terms of depth, it's hard to imagine teams having much more. I know Vanderbilt's locked and loaded. You know that Florida's going to have a bunch of guys. Starts with Mace with them over there, but they got a couple of freshmen that they're really excited about. And then Georgia's got some, some really elite arms as well. But, yeah, I, I think LSU's positioned as well as anybody in the country in terms of depth of, of quality arms. Yep, and then uh, we'll just switch it over to the offense now in the infield. Um Look like we talked about the production they're going to lose. Um, it's you know they're losing the all-time hits leader, who's Josh Smith, Zach Watson. Um, but they're bringing back some guys, Saul Garza, Cade Beloso. Um, we'll just start in the infield. Um, catcher, pretty much some, uh, pretty much locked up. But there's some new faces that probably could see some playing time here, right? Yeah, you'll see two catchers start this weekend. Uh, Garza will start opening night. Uh, he's healthy now after. Uh, dealing with the thumb injury that he suffered in, back in the fall. Uh, but, man, he really hit down the stretch last year. After April 23rd last year, uh, he hit over 400 for yeah, LSU. Yeah, and, and he's five got some homers pop. after yeah. after mid-April, too. So he's got some pop. Um, and last year there was a bit of an issue with LSU couldn't throw anybody out. Now, it hurts when you don't have a left-hander on your staff and everybody's right-handed and they can, they can run on them. But Garza had a little bit of trouble throwing guys out. They've cut down on their delivery times. They're using some slide steps and whatnot, but they're going to try to help him out. He's the catcher right now, but if it becomes an issue trying to throw guys out, Freshman Alex Malazzo can go in there, and he is as good and athletic a defensive catcher as I've seen in the Minariera. I mean, Ty Ross is a really good catcher with a cannon for an arm. Papierski did a good job as well. But talking about defensive-wise, Malazzo is ready to play college baseball. He's really active back there. He reminds me – I mean, I'm a Cubs guy, I know, but I think everyone that watches Major League Baseball – Wilson Contreras, how active yeah. and athletic he is back there, has all those wiry motions. Yep. Malazzo's like that. And so I don't know if he's ready to hit at this level just yet. But he can play defense. So if there's a problem back there throwing guys out, Maneri will put him in. I expect Malazzo to start either Saturday or Sunday this weekend. And then the third guy is Hayden Travinsky, and he's going to start at DH uh, on Friday night. He's he's what they look like. He's 6'3", well north of 200 pounds, and he's got some serious pop in his bat. Now there's some swing and miss in the bat as well, and that's something he's going to have to adjust to getting all these fastballs. He was overmatched a little bit in the fall. But Maneri's obviously seen enough progression 
here in the spring to give him a shot at DH. So he's not quite defensively, but you want to talk about a power bat, Travinsky's got it. So there's depth at catcher. That's exciting. Uh, Miles had actually mentioned it on our show, talking about uh, Alex Malazzo and throwing guys out. I mean, that was just – that was an issue last year. I mean, like, you know, you could – running on guys, getting an extra base, you know, that's the difference in a blue single score and a run, you know, late in the game. Uh, Especially how, for opening weekend. I mean, Indiana, apparently their coach loves to run, Maneri um, was saying. So he's a little bit worried about that. And, and like you said, maybe we'll see if Garza can't handle it. Maybe Malazzo can um, behind the plate. Um, I mean, having that much depth, I mean, every time we've gone through the show, it just seems like LSU should be really solid, right? I mean, you just don't want injuries or anything like that, um, and it's getting everybody really excited. I don't really know where this, I guess we're going to get to the weak spot, is the batting. Um, I mean, who's going to bat 8-9? you got Hal Hughes maybe starting. I think we're going to get there. Right yeah, the field, so we'll, we'll go um, first base is obviously yeah, below, we're, we're, we're sewed up at first. Uh, okay, below. So I thought this was weird. Ten home runs, only 13 extra base hits. Um, what? <laughs> Um, first team All SEC for preseason. Um, is he is he the guy that's just gonna you know carry this offense? I mean, he's a huge part of it. He's gonna hit, I believe, in the five hole uh, on Friday night, and he's you know he's a really good hitter. I mean, he's a you know he's your prototypical big brawny mm-hmm. lefty first baseman that can hit the ball over the fence, but he goes the other way really well um, for singles. He handles the bat very well. He takes some walks, um, so I, he's a he's a really good hitter, and he's a good piece in the middle of the lineup. I'd love it if he could hit you know 15 home runs this year. That'd be that'd be a huge piece to have at a traditional power spot. All right, well, we'll get to, uh, second, third, and short. Um, obviously, we got to replace Josh Smith. We've thrown some names out there. Hal Hughes. You you look for anything production wise, offensively out of Hal Hughes. Um, what are some names? Who, who's going to be on that side? Third base, second, short. So third uh, base weekend. and playing third and hitting third uh, is going to be Zach Mathis, and he has just been awesome since he set foot on campus. Um, ton of energy, loves the game, and can really hit. Now, when you walk out there and you look at him, yeah. there's not <laughs> much to it. He's five <laughs> no. nine. He's a little bit, you know, he's kind of stocky. Not a super athlete, but he can hit. He can hit the other way. He can hit for power. Um, he's he's really good. He's an average defender. He's not as good as, as Christian Ibarra over there. He's not as good as Josh Smith was when he played third base in 17. But he's okay at third base, but he's in there to hit. So uh, I think that, that they're okay at third. Hal is going to be the shortstop. I don't really see another option. They can put Mathis at shortstop and move somebody over to third, but Mathis is not you know, a great shortstop. So you know, Hal's going to hit. Eighth or ninth, he's mm-hmm. going to play shortstop. He's going to hit 215, and that's just kind of what he is. Now, if you can get him to to you know, work some at-bats, to get some bunts down, to move runners with the ground ball to the right side, you know, just kind of have some productive at-bats, that's it. But you know, any kind of notion that you're going to see him jump up and hit 285 yeah. this year like Andrew Stevenson did from year one to two, yeah. it's just not going to happen. That's, that's yeah, just not it's, in the cards. And it's – well, do you think Kay Dowdy has any shot playing short? Possibly. I no? just don't think he can defend think so? at that level. I just, I don't. I mean, I was wondering. They've got guys they can put over there, but it's just none of them are, are really. Um, the infield defense concerns me. I'll be very honest about that. I mean, if you look at, at an average defender at third in Mathis, Hal's a good def- infield defender, but then you, know, you look at, at second base, and you're going to have. Um, you have Kay Doty there, who's an okay defender. Belosa's not a great athlete. And then now in the outfield, which yeah. we'll get to, but yeah. the outfield you've got – in left field you've got um, Drew Bianco, who's not a traditional outfielder. You've got Cabrera in center. And then in right field you've got Gavin Dugas, who's who's been an infielder, who's been playing second base every day. In defense a little bit of, little bit of a question mark. Yeah, and that wasn't it, – it hasn't been for a while because LSU's been one of the better teams sure. defensively, and they, and they always you know have been uh, – so yeah, we'll go to the outfield uh, with Hal Hughes. I think 
the guy that randomly comes to mind was like Derek Helenihi was like you know played just I think it was like one for twenty seven in Omaha. But yeah, if if you can get anything out of that, because it got to the point where last year he was in for defense, but it got to the point where you know you're playing with eight guys like it, it's an out and it's frustrating because you know he's he's a college kid like he you know he's he's in there like he's not getting paid for this but it got to the point where you're just like man like somebody else has to be able to do this and well if the rest of the guys pick up the slack and hit yeah and he plays a really solid shortstop that's a fine piece to the team yeah that, that works just fine I, I hope I just hope he can you know he, he can just have a better year just you know because it's 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 kind of been the punchline like I saw Maneri was talking about, you know, he had a couple hits in the scrimmage, and, like, the first tweet I saw was, like, was the scrimmage off of a tee? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's uh, – so hopefully he has a good year. I'm excited for Zach Mathis. When I saw the picture of him after hearing Maneri rave about him, I was like, I don't, this guy. I don't know. He about looks him. He looks just like Chris Reed. He's left-handed. He's <laughs> yes, short. Yeah. He's got – he wears 17. I mean, when you go you go out there, you'll think it's Chris Reed. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch because I've heard nothing but great things. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to the outfield. Obviously, you, you let us in, replacing Zach Watson and Antoine Duplantis. Uh, just what do you expect out of this outfield? So moving pieces. Um, it's because Indiana is starting a left-hander on Friday night. Giovanni DiGiacomo is not going to play, but he's going to be probably in there on Saturday in center field. That'll move Cabrera back over to right, and we'll see how that shakes out. Dugas may be the DH, and Travinsky sits. It, we'll see. You'll see a lot of different guys, but on opening night, it'll be Bianco and left and Cabrera in center and Dugas in right. That's not a very good defensive outfield at all, but it's got the potential to be a really potent one with the bat. Um, you know, Cabrera's got to have a bounce back year. I think yeah. he was hurt last year. The wrist bothered him all year. He hit for some power, but the average dipped down to 275. That's not who he is. He needs to be an All-American for this LSU team to be as good as it can be, and I think he can be that. Um, and then Bianco, he's got a ton of power. I mean, he hit a lot of home runs in the fall. Um, towering blast into the left field bleachers. You know, he was a little slower to to grasp the college game than I thought that he would be last year. Just didn't didn't swing the bat as well as I think he can. You get a summer under your belt, you get another fall under your belt. Sometimes you come back a new guy, and the hope is that Bianco is that guy because he can be a real real power source from the right side in left field. Dugas battled some injury yet last year, finally got into the lineup, got some early hits, and like, okay, well, this kid can play, and then he went like 0 for 25. Uh, so and he, he ended up sitting there late. But he's a good hitter, a reasonable athlete, can run a little bit, and uh, I think is, is a guy that's going to get a lot of at-bats, whether he plays second base in spot of Doty, he may DH a little bit, and he can play both corner outfield spots. But then there are a couple of other names, obviously to Giacomo that I mentioned, See what they do. May not play him against lefties. He has not swung the bat well at all in the fall or the spring. Uh, he hit two seventy five last and year, and that's what I was surprised. Yeah. I mean, is he what is it a fastball off speed or he just can't hit? I, I'm not certain. We'll have to see. Yeah, but it, I mean, that's it's upsetting because yeah. he he's really fast. He's yeah. really fast. <laughs> he runs fast. But you don't get to you gotta you gotta get a hit. Yeah, the first yeah, base yeah, draw yeah, a walk. Can't steal yeah, first. Yeah, can't run uh, first. Um, and then Mo Hampton uh, is so toolsy. I've been, I've seen him a couple times out there. The, the strength is obvious. What, I love it. Toolsy. <laughs> the the, uh, the strength is obvious. The speed is obvious. He's got a really good arm in center field. Uh, but I think the first, like, 11 bats in the, he struck out. I mean, <laughs> when you don't so, get to do any so baseball awesome. in the fall, uh, yeah, yeah, and you say, played it's... high school baseball in Memphis where everybody throws 84, and then you come out there and everybody for LSU is throwing 90, it's just it's just an adjustment. And so he'll have to catch up. I mean, there's famous stories of Mikey Mato couldn't couldn't hit anything in his first fall either, and by the end of it he was you know getting game-winning hits against Texas. Yep. So um, they're going to try there. to get Hampton some at-bats. Hopefully some of the midweek games, some of the non-conference games get out of hand, and you can get in there and get 
him some confidence, get him some bats. He's a tireless worker. He wants to play baseball. This is not something that you know he's just doing because he's good at it. He he loves it. He got back from the national championship game and went right to the cage and was working. He wants to play, and he's got he's got a ton of ability. You, know, you hope that he can ease his way into the lineup, but that's asking a lot early on. So keep those expectations a little bit uh, yeah, a little that, bit that's subdued. What I was going to ask early. you because I just want to see him run around in center. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was going to say, is he eventually going to maybe work his way into the, in the lineup? It's possible. Um, well, here, here's my famous my, my favorite thing to say when when you look at the opening day roster for LSU in the lineup. It's, <laughs> it's a story about 2009. Yeah. The DH on opening night for LSU in 2009 was Chad Jones. Yes. And By the end of the year, he, he was, was a, he was he throwing was a left-handed hooks. bullpen. Guy. Yeah, he was throwing. He was striking guys a, out in Omaha. It's fifty-six game, <laughs> you know, marathon. Things change rapidly. There are injuries. There are guys that get hot. There are guys that figure it out. There are guys that go into slumps. You, it's just it's it's a long journey. So I, there, you, you don't rule anything out. And Mo Hampton's so talented. Yeah, he may get a shot. He may not. We'll see. Yeah, and that, I would say, like, more or less, is Maneri, were the pl- are the plans for Maneri to probably get him in the lineup? You know, like, was that the intention before, you know, he came here for football? You know, well, he's, yeah, he's out. the intention is to get him some at bats early in the year and see what it's like. And if he if he shows you that he can that he's a big that he can help, that's a huge piece because this is a slow team. I mean, look at look, yeah, look go team. around the lineup: Garza, Travinsky, Beloso. I mean, Mathis over at third. Hal's not elite speed by any stretch. And then the outfield, we talked about it. Cabrera runs okay. Yeah. And then Bianco doesn't run great. Dugas doesn't run great. I mean, it's it's a slow team. If you can insert Mo Hampton, it kind of changes things a little bit. Yeah, uh, Daniel Cabrera, I, I, I think the same. Um, you saw some of the power, but it just – he didn't have a great super regional. Um, it You know, you were just waiting on the hits. Uh, I, I think it was a little bit overcompensating. Um, what do you expect? Do you expect him to just bounce back, hit, hit 330, 340? Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I always think that that's what he's going to do. I mean, he's that talented a hitter. He's there's that term in baseball, feel for the barrel. He's got it. I mean, he's he squares the ball up so often, and he he was kind of pulling off a little bit last year. I think some was the risk, and I think some because the power numbers went up. He went to 12 home runs last year, but we, we don't necessarily need that. It's great. It looks good. Like you hit a walk off home run against Tennessee. That's yeah, great. That was nice. Uh, but you know, it's we we need you to 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 hit balls the other way, hit line drives, get on base because. He doesn't have to carry this offense. He's just got to be a big piece of it. He's going to hit leadoff, and I, I like it. I don't. I think that um, when you don't have an, a, just an, a natural option at leadoff, you kind of start looking at some other things. And Maneri likes leadoff guys. Doesn't have to be the fastest guy. He likes guys that can hit doubles to start the game. He likes and so and look at some of the leadoff guys he's had in the past. Um, you know, Sean McMullen wasn't nearly the fastest guy on that team with Laird and Stevenson, Jacoby Jones, some of those guys. But he could hit some doubles. He drew. He had good at bats. He liked him right there in the leadoff spot. Josh Smith's not a burner. Mm-hmm. He hit a lot of leadoff. DJ Lemayhew hit leadoff yep. for him. That guy. He's not fast, but he gives you a good at bat. He can hit doubles. So it's not necessarily okay. Who's my you know fast left-handed center fielder boom that's the leadoff guy no you want a guy that works a good at bat can give you some uh can give you you know leadoff double maybe hit the ball out of the ballpark and I think Cabrera fits in right there and it's not as if you're taking him out of three hole there's no one else to put in there because they feel really good about what Mathis is going to give them they feel really good about Garza they feel really good about Beloso there are more power threats coming you got to have somebody to hit in front of them and I think Cabrera is a good fit yeah um that's crazy you talked about the power numbers went up with the wrist injury and I remember Freddie Freeman into last uh last year saying it felt like he was swinging a wet newspaper. Like, the power's just gone. So, that's, it's crazy. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Um, so, obviously, the lineup's going to be – we're going to see so so many different lineups. Um, the lineup's not going to be the same as it is tomorrow night. 
in in May. Um, we'll get into this uh, Indiana series. What's the lineup tomorrow night, opening night? Well, it's going to be um, – he'll have guards behind the plate, Beloso at first. At second base, it'll be Cade Doty. Hal's a shortstop. Zach Mathis is at third. Uh, Bianco in left. Cabrera in center. And uh, Dugas in right. Cabrera's going to hit first. Um, I think Cade Doty is going to hit second. Um, third is going to be Mathis. Then you get into some combination of uh, Beloso and Garza, Bianco, and uh, maybe Dugas sitting second. I can't remember. He announced it. Um, but down there at the bottom is going to be is going to be Hal. So um, it's I, I think it's a I think it's a quality lineup um, of guys that have some pop. I mean, when you start looking around at the home run power, Garza's got it. Yeah. Travinsky's got it. Um, Beloso's got it. Uh, Mathis has got power. Bianco's got power. Cabrera's got power. I mean, they're they're legitimate home run threats on this team. So this three-game series here with Indiana, um, what are you most excited to see, and what's your expectations? Um, you know, just for this weekend. AJ Labus is is my the guy I want to see the most this weekend. I think he will be a weapon on Sundays. He, I watched that kid as a freshman with a hurt arm get guys out with an 85 mile an hour fastball because his changeup's so good, and now he's healthy and throwing like he did in high school. He's back up to 90 miles an hour, 91 miles an hour. Now that straight change is nasty, and it turns that 91 into about 95. He throws a ton of strikes. That's what I love about him. And you remember Eric Walker's success on Sundays yep. a couple years ago. Just throw strikes. Get the ball in play because you're facing you're, – you're probably going to score on Sundays. So I think that Labus has a chance to be a real weapon on Sundays. Miles, um, who are you most excited to watch this weekend? Kind of, kind of stole mine. <laughs> I was saying at the beginning, but uh, Labus is awesome. Um, I want to see this Mathis guy. You know, I've been watching him. Uh, obviously, in the fall, you hear all these home runs, and then you see him in the cage, and like, like you said, when you look at him, you see Chris Reed. But then when you see the ball, you're like, that's not Chris Reed. That's going everywhere. He uses every part of the field. Um, like you said, his defense. I kind of want to see that more because now we kind of know he's going to hit. But junior college transfer going automatically in the three spot. That could be a lot of pressure. So hopefully he can handle it um, against Indiana. I think they're throwing a lefty on Friday. They are throwing so a lefty. So let's see how he handles a lefty on lefty matchup there. Uh, probably Mathis is my guy to watch out this whole weekend. See if he can handle the three hole. Yeah. Um, so uh, they'll get it started tomorrow night at seven. Saturday's games at three o'clock. Uh, have they talked about Sunday with the weather? Or are they still going at noon? As far as I know, it's still on schedule. They haven't announced anything, but that that can change day by day. So we'll just we'll kind of see. They they they'll make the Indiana will want to play. They came down here and they're, yeah, they're now yeah. it's now it's not twenty degrees like it That's is up true. there. That, they'll want to get on the field and go. So if they need to play a couple seven inning games, they'll do it. Yep. So they got that series. Uh, then at the end of uh, this month, they go back to Houston. Can't uh, wait for, for that. a good set's so gonna be a great series. Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma. We got the good time slots again. They do that intentionally for LSU. But you got the Friday night game, so you can you can leave work at you can yeah. work Friday and go. Then you got the Saturday three o'clock, and then Sunday LSU plays the first game at eleven, so you can get out of there at a reasonable hour. If Houston, you can be back in Baton Rouge for dinner time. And that'll that'll be a good uh, a good series. Just kind of gauge where you're at early. A uh, couple of notable SEC series. Look, there's ten SEC teams in the top twenty-five. There's like six of the top ten. You got Mississippi State coming in for the SEC opener. Uh, Vandy's coming in. That'll be fun. You know, you're in, you got Arkansas, South Carolina's on the schedule. I had, can't remember when we played them last. It's been a while. Uh, at A and M, and then at Auburn. With that, as as strong as the SEC is, um, with you know, with the non-conference, what is your expectation? What should you know? It's Omaha bust here. Yeah. Um, what should LSU fans' expectations be for this team? I think your expectations are fine if you expect them to go to Omaha. I don't. I don't think that's unrealistic, and I think Paul Maneri would say the exact same thing. Now, you know, Cole Henry and uh, and Landon Marceau go down in middle of March, you know, and then and Cabrera, you know, tears his ACL. And I mean, if if, if things go south like it's gone the last couple of years with the injury front, things may change a little bit. But I think this team with the pitching staff they've got, 
um, has got has got every opportunity to go to Omaha. I think there are teams that I think are probably more complete than them on paper. I think Vanderbilt would be in that category. Uh, I think that Louisville would be in that category. But it, when you look at what this team has on the mound, they can dominate some weekends. I mean, you can you can you can have quick hooks with guys because you've got depth in the yep. bullpen to bring them in. And you can you can pummel people with your arms, and so that's hopefully what they get. And then, you you're in the if situation right now. If this happens, if that happens, if that happens, and your nature would be, well, not all that stuff's going to happen. But we did just say if this happens, if that happens, back in August, yeah. and everything happened for an entire football season. Yep. So at that's, this point, that's good things true. can happen. <laughs> if, so we'll if LSU see. learns how to throw the football, they're going to win a national championship, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, so throw it, those 60 touchdowns, we'll be in good shape. Yep, and if all this <laughs> stuff happens, if the pitching staff stays healthy, um, if we hit the ball at the ballpark, if we you know, play some good defense, if all these things happen, LSU is probably going to be back in Omaha. Um, we'll see. I'm excited uh, to get started tomorrow night. At Alec Box Stadium, I know the crowd's going to be electric. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. So, yep, that's the show. Um, thanks, Hunt, for coming by. Anytime. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys was, having uh, me. I mean, you. I just learned more from you in this last uh, this sitting I here. Have, I don't have a very uh, very inspiring social life. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> I spend too much time watching highlights and reading stats. Yeah, and, and you're just getting ready for the we Cubs, too. We can tell. Too. That's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm glad somebody did exactly. because I hadn't, and I was like, <laughs> I'm bringing you in here because I haven't done this yet, and you've been doing this since, like, September. You're going out uh, to the purple and gold scrimmage over there. Look, you, there's no better – in the fall afternoon and the early spring, it's like 68 degrees and sunny yeah. and they're playing base. It's not like going to football practice, which bites because yeah, all yeah. they do is hit tackling dummies and run through cones. Yeah, they actually it, play baseball. Yeah, you're, awesome. No, you're right. It is. It's fun. Um, and, you know, it's not like they go, like, not full speed. Like, they yeah, actually play. So. Game. All right, I'll give you that. But um, thanks for coming in. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, if you want to come in – before the SEC tournament, maybe sure. we'll be talking about that. Uh, check it, check happy back to, in with happy you. Happy to so. come on anytime, guys. Yep. So uh, that was the show. Um, hopefully the Tigers get it done this weekend. And uh, thank you for listening to the Hodges Huddle.